The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth who will live inside you to guide you. But his guidance is contingent on the continual obedience to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Life is a journey, and as in every journey, you need a roadmap. Today on Your Roadmap to Success, you will receive detailed instructions on how to navigate through life successfully. Welcome to Your Roadmap to Success with author and teacher, Neil Achampon. Okay, so we will start our study on the, the Acts of the Apostles through the lesson. You will notice I will rename it as the Acts of the Holy Spirit, but through the Apostles. The Acts of the Holy Spirit, but it was through the Apostles. Amen. Now, one of the basic things we must fully understand today is that this book is a very, very important book. Today, we're going to start reading from chapter 1. So everybody turn your Bibles. Your phone is not your Bible. You have a Bible. Make sure you have one. If you don't have one, ashes, I think there are a lot of Bibles around. Help people with one. Your phone may have a Bible, but it is not a Bible. Always carry a Bible when you go into the house of the Lord. Amen. All right. You good? Acts, the book of Acts. Of the Holy Spirit. And we will begin to read from verse 1. To Theophilus, the first book I wrote about everything Jesus began to do and to teach. Until the day he was taken up into heaven. Before this, with the help of the Holy Spirit, Jesus told the apostles he had chosen what they should do. Verse 3 tells us something very important. After his death, he showed himself to them and proved in many ways that he was alive. The apostles saw Jesus during the 40 days after he was raised from the dead, and he spoke to them about the kingdom of God. Somebody say the kingdom of God. So notice Jesus gave the instructions based on the help of the Holy Spirit. Jesus had to function based on the Holy Spirit, and he spoke about the kingdom of God. Verse 4. Once when he was eating with them, he told them not to leave Jerusalem. He said, wait here to receive the promise from the Father, which I told you about. John, the Baptist, John baptized people with water, but in few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. How many times have you heard about the Holy Spirit? How many times? The few verses I've read. How many times? Two. Verse 6. When the apostles were all together, they asked Jesus, Lord, are you going to give the kingdom back to Israel? And Jesus answered them. Jesus said to them, the father is the only one who has the authority to decide dates and times. These things are not for you to know. Verse 8. Please join me and let's all read together. Go. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and in every part of the world. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. The disciples have lived with Jesus for three years. For three years they saw the blind see, the dead were raised. Many things were taking place in three years. They literally walked with God on earth. He spoke words that showed that he had authority over nature. It was so clear that they had walked with someone who was not ordinary. And Jesus said, when I leave, greater works would you do? Now Jesus 
is crucified. He's resurrected. And the scripture says he is now ascending to heaven. And those last moments he was spending with the disciples. And the disciples were asking him, are you going to restore the kingdom to us? The one you've been preaching about. Jesus looks at them and he makes a very important statement. And that is the title of today's message. Never attempt my work without my spirit. Never. Never attempt to do the work. Because if you have walked with Jesus and there's so much you know, you're tempted to do his work. There are many people who supposedly today are doing the work of God, but they don't have the spirit of God. Jesus is saying, never attempt to do the work that I want you to do without my spirit. Let's all say that together from the screen, shall we? Never attempt my work without my spirit. Never. I'm going to make another statement. Please write it down if you can. No matter what you know, don't do anything until you receive the promise of the Father. No matter what you know. Whether you know theology, whether you know angiology, whether you know Christology, whether you know pneumatology, that is the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter what you know. He says, never attempt the work until the Spirit comes upon you. The church today is frustrated because we have attempted the work and we are doing the work without the one who Jesus says we ought to wait for. When the Holy Spirit came upon the apostles, the things that happened is what is recorded in the book of Acts. Please listen to me. It is okay to go to a seminary and to go to a Bible school, but without the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon you, you are not a pastor. Because he's the only one who authenticates you. Are you with me? A sahindrin or a board may ordain you, but until the Spirit of God rests upon you, you are not what they say you are. Are you understanding me? We have problem in the pulpit today because most people who supposedly are men of God are not operating by the Holy Spirit. Jesus told them, it is not for you to know the signs and the seasons. Before you start the work, wait for the Holy Spirit. Are you understanding me? And it's important you all come to that understanding. When the Holy Spirit came upon the apostles, the things they did is what is recorded in the book of Acts. And I think it's time for us to write our story too. It's time for us to continue. The book of Acts is very, very important because it is a continuation of the Gospels and then it links you up with the epistles. Now, the next few minutes, we're going to do some geography. I'm going to throw a map on the screen. I need you to follow me. If you have a good Bible, all the way at the back, there's always maps. I know some of you don't use it. But today, I'll show you how to use them. When you look at the map that we have on the screen at the moment, you will see that Jerusalem, please allow me to walk here. You notice that Jerusalem is right on the, here on the bottom. Do you see it? Now, everything Jesus did was concentrated here. Jesus never went anywhere except this place. All, everything he did was here in Jerusalem and around Judea. That's it. Then he went up to Nazareth and then he came back. Everything was around this area. But when he died and he was going to heaven, he told the disciples, now I want you to go to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. You're going to go everywhere. Are you guys following me? The disciples then began to go to these places. They went to Jerusalem. They went to Judea. And they were becoming what I call complacent. So God decided he was going to split them up by persecution. If you and I in this church get complacent, God will split us up with persecution. Because God never gathers his people to sit at one place and enjoy each other. He wants us to touch the world. 
I said, he wants us to, come on, talk to me. He wants us to touch the world. And so it came to pass, he dispersed them. And you all remember that in Acts chapter 8, that Philip went to Samaria. You remember that? And then the scripture says, as they kept working and kept working, all the disciples, they moved all the way up here around Syria and they stayed at Antioch and they didn't want to go nowhere until Paul shows up on the scene. Jesus died. It's in the gospels. It all took place right here. But when Paul began to travel from Antioch, he went to Galatia, he went to Colossae, he went to Ephesus, he went to Corinth, he went to Thessalonica, he went to Sicily, and finally in his last days, he spent it in Rome. All the churches that were established in these places is when, when Paul wrote to them is what is called the epistles. The epistle to the Galatians. The epistle to the... Come on, talk to me. Or you can see. I have glasses so I can see. To Corinth and so on. And this is what theologians will call Paul's first missionary journey, his second missionary journey, his third, and then his fourth. His fourth, he simply just moved all the way from a place called Caesarea. It's not on this map. And he went all the way up uh, through this island called Malta. You all remember he has a shipwreck when he was on the island. And then there he went to Rome just so he would have an audience with Caesar at a time. But what I want you to understand that when the Holy Spirit came, they were not sitting in their churches. We have been speaking tongues for too long. It's time to get out of this place and bring some souls to God. Amen. The proof of the Holy Ghost is the fact that souls will follow you. I am not supposed to bring souls. Let me ask all of you, who am I to you? Don't bring teacher and all that. Let's leave that part alone. I am your shepherd. How many of you have seen the shepherd give birth to sheep? Have you seen some before? If you have sheep and you are the shepherd, does the shepherd give birth to sheep? Oh, come on, let's be honest. Does the shepherd give birth to sheep? Who give birth to sheep? Sheep give birth to sheep. So you are supposed to give birth to the sheep. My duty is to make sure you get fed. My duty is supposed to help you with your walk in Christ, and you give birth to the sheep. And if the Holy Spirit, after you speak all your shalababa, that is where it ends, then the Holy Spirit is not in there. Because he's supposed to stir you so that you move from Jerusalem. Jerusalem was a city to move to Judea. Judea was a region. So, for example, we are in Woodsboro, and then the whole of Frederick County will be symbolic of Judea. Samaria was a country, and then the rest of the world to them. I know you give, and we use that to send the gospel. But this year, I don't want you to sit down. When the Spirit of God is upon you, something must take place in your lives. Amen. The workplace where God has you, he has you there for a reason. People must hear about him. Amen and amen. I said people must hear about what? So Paul comes into the picture and he takes the gospel out of the Jewish areas. He takes it out of here. They are now, you remember Saul of Tarsus, right? Because that is where he is. And the church has gathered around here. But Paul, the first time, goes through the island of Cyprus. And then he goes into all these areas. And then when he goes and he goes back, he rides to all these churches. So then you would understand and get a bigger picture of what the epistles are about. They are Paul's way of reminding the believers who were worn, first of all, to Christ and were left behind to live for Christ. Amen. And so as we study the book of Acts, I want you to see that it is a book that is a bridge between the New Testament where Jesus ended and then when, where the apostles picked up 
and how that the work in all the churches. A book, for example, written to Timothy. Timothy was one of the pastors in one of those cities. So Paul wrote to him. Are you guys following me? So it is important that we fully understand all these books. All right. Now, when the Holy Spirit comes upon these apostles, something resulted from it. What was it that resulted from it? What, what happened from all their travels is the church. Everybody say it's the church. Anybody who tells you that the church is not God's way of reaching the world, the person is a liar. Big time liar. Jesus said, I will build my, I will build my, come on, let's talk to me again. I will build my, so Covenant Family Chapel is not my church. There were years I used to worry. How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? And God reminded me, if you want, if you think it's yours, you die and see, I'll replace you that quick. It is not your church. It belongs to him. This is why sometimes I fear when people fight and they think they are fighting the pastor. If you fight the pastor, you go scot-free. But as soon as you start fighting the church, guess who you're fighting? Come on, talk to me. Guess who you're fighting? So you can insult me all you want. You'll be free. But as soon as you start touching the church, Jesus will let you know he created you. Let's be careful how we deal with the church of God. Are you guys understanding me? What happened from all the troubles that Peter and, 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 and Philip and all the apostles and everybody did was the church. The story of the book of Acts covers what I call 30 years. The travels, all of it together was like 10,000 miles. The Holy Spirit is mentioned 50 times. It tells you they were dependent on the Holy Spirit. They did not do things by their head. How many of you remember that even Stephen, the people who were chosen to, to, to organize Valentine dinner, the Bible says the first requirement was that they were full of the Holy Spirit. Today, we choose people to sit on church committees based on their secular background. No wonder the church is suffering because we have marginalized the Holy Spirit that Jesus says, never attempt my work without my spirit because he's the only one who can help you out. Amen. And today, as we begin this journey, I want you to begin to look at how the Holy Spirit, when he came upon the apostles, how he worked through them. It is important to understand that. Amen. So we will say that how did everything in the book of Acts happen? It was by the power of the... Why did it happen? It happened because of you, and it happened because of me it happened because of us right what did god want us to know what happens when the holy spirit infuses a church the book of acts shows us a picture of a church that is full of the holy spirit it also shows us a church how a church looks like when the holy spirit is not in it you'll find the ananias and the sapphire who are lying to their teeth, to leadership. Today, people don't die when they lie, so they lie. It tells us also what to, what to be and what not to be, what to do as a church of God. In other words, he's saying that the only way the church began was because the Holy Spirit Failed the people, and the only way the church will be sustained, it is through the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Anybody who had tried to kill Christians, they succeeded in killing them, but nobody succeeded in shutting down the church. Because Jesus says, I will build it, and the gates of hell shall not 
prevail against it. When the Holy Spirit is in you and is in me and is in him and is in him and is in her. And when the Holy Spirit is everywhere in every single one of us, it is difficult to doubt each other because it's the same spirit and he's saying the same thing to everybody. The only reason we are suspicious of each other and talk about each other is because the Holy Spirit is missing. Is not in us. You remember the words of Paul? He looked at Ananias and Sapphira, and then he told the woman, Sapphira, the people who just buried your husband are on their way, and they will carry you too. May we have those days come back. Amen. Now that you say amen, it means you must allow the Holy Spirit to be in you. When the Holy Spirit is in us, we don't follow a program. I'm quiet because I want you to think through it. When we come, we sing praises and worship. After that, we give announcements. <laughs> After the announcement, no. When the Holy Spirit tells us this is where we ought to be, we do that. I remember somebody came to church a couple of times, and a person was worried that for two Sundays, I had not preached because we only worship when we went home. And he says, what kind of church is that? They just worship. The pastor doesn't preach. When the Holy Spirit speaks to me that he's already touched the people, who am I to tell, talk to you? Who am I? There's no need to talk to you when God himself is rich in you. Amen. So the whole book of Acts will give us a picture of how the church should look like today. Amen. So as we read it, begin to ask yourself, is that what our local church looks like? And I've often heard people, Pastor, let's do the same thing the other church does. It is an indication the Holy Spirit is not in you. Because if he is, you can say, let's do it the way they do it. You must do it the way he says it ought to be what? Done. Are you guys with me today? All right, so I'm only laying the groundwork today. Let's begin to go through the word of God, and I'll take you through the words of Jesus and show you who the Holy Spirit is. All right, because we need to understand that the Holy Spirit is not an it. It is a who. It is a person. It is the third person in the triune God. And the scripture says, in this last days, God has chosen to work in the world. How? Through his spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit is supposed to come and indwell us. Everybody say the Holy Spirit. Supposed to indwell me. In other words, he's going to stay on the inside of you and he will speak to you. In fact, you don't need to grab the Bible and look for loopholes as to whether to drink alcohol or not to drink alcohol. If the Holy Spirit lives in you, he will tell you that cannot be done. And if the Holy Spirit was in everybody else, aren't we all going to be on the same level? So it is an indication how the church is functioning without the very one that Jesus said we will need. I pray that your desire, as you go on your Acts challenge and start reading, look at how many times, you will find that 50 times, if you use a King James Version of the Bible, how the Holy Spirit is mentioned that many times. The people, the apostles dependent on the Holy Spirit. And let us also today depend on the so from today, don't say anything like, we went to church and uh, when that girl sing, man, we could have goosebumps. People who have natural talent can sing and give you goosebumps, but it is not an indication of the Holy Spirit. Just so you know, Michael Jackson had a gift, natural, that the guy can slide to the left and the right, front and back, and people are excited. But that is not the Holy Spirit. Never misconstrue natural talent with when the power of the Holy Spirit is at work. Because when the Holy Spirit is at work, a life is changed. I said a life is what? It's changed. Go with me to the book of John. I want us to begin to investigate who this Holy Spirit is, who came upon the apostles, and then let them to establish the church in every single corner, wherever they went, they were able to declare the word of God. John chapter 14. Let's pick up 
verse 15 to verse 17. John chapter 14. Now, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Everybody say obey. Now, I need you to underline the word obey because at the end of this message, you will find out that the key to allowing the Holy Spirit to keep operating in your life is obedience. The more you disobey the voice that speaks to you. Some of us have not even identified. We call it something. We call it it. But if you are a Christian and the Holy Spirit lives in you, he's going to speak to you. Are you with me? Are you with me? He says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Verse 16, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Another one? So he's reminding us that the Christian race can never be lived until you have a help. Jesus said, I came along as a helper. And the Holy Spirit is another one helper. When Jesus was on earth, the Bible says in him was the fullness of the spirit. But when he died, the scripture puts it this way. He gave up the spirit. He gave up the spirit. And the spirit literally now is available to everyone. So please don't go kneel in front of somebody whose wife fr uh, fried some chicken and he sells you the oil. The Holy Spirit, the real thing, the Holy Spirit is available to all. Amen. Tell the person sitting next to you, the Holy Spirit is available to all. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because... It does not see him or know him, but you know him because he lives with you and he will be in you. When Jesus was here on earth, the fullness of the spirit was in him. So the spirit was with the disciples whilst Jesus was with them. But he says, when I die and I go, now he's no more going to be with you, but he's going to be where? In you. The spirit of truth. Everybody say the spirit of truth. So truth is not defined by the dictionary. Truth is not defined by Congress. Truth is not defined by a governing body. The only one who has the legal authority on earth to define truth is the Holy Spirit. Amen. Are you with me today? Now, how does this whole thing work? I want us to look at how it works. Go to John chapter 14. We are still in John 14. Let's pick up from verse 18. Jesus is leaving the earth. And he's, he's having this talk with the disciples. Hey, I am leaving. Don't be afraid. In my father's house are many mansions. When I go, I'll come by. I'll come get you. And then he starts the conversation about the Holy Spirit. But he starts it with the word obedience. I need you to follow me very carefully. Because we're going to move from John chapter 14, we'll go into John chapter 15, we'll hit John chapter 16, and you'll see how Jesus links obedience to the Holy Spirit. Why am I saying this before I start reading? Because there are many who are teaching you today that all you need is your faith. No. Obedience is key if you have the Holy Spirit continue to work in your life. Are you guys understanding me? So Jesus continues his conversation, all right? John chapter 14, look at verse 18. I will not leave you all alone like orphans. I will come back to you. In a little while, the world will not see me. In other words, you will die. Will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live, you will live too. Verse 20, on that day, you will know that I am in my father and that you are in me and I am in you. Please pay attention. He says, I am in my and then you are, and then I am in you. Perfect. Verse 21, those who know my commands and obey them are the ones who love me, and my Father will love those who love me. I will love them and will show myself to them. 
Notice what Jesus is doing. He's talking about love. He's talking about relationship. And he's saying that the relationship has its basis as obedience. If you love me, you're going to keep my talk to me. Now, let's see how Jesus keep linking this thing. Then Judas, not Iscariot, because by this time he was dead, right? Then Judas said, but Lord, why do you plan to show yourself to us and not to the world? Because the Holy Spirit is not for the people in the world. What does the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4 says? He says, if our gospel is hid, who is it hid from? The people of this world. And the scripture said they have been blinded. So I don't even see why the so-called Christians who are Republicans fight with Democrats. Because the people you are fighting with, God says, they are blinded. They are blind to these truths. When you speak in tongues, they laugh at you. Because they don't understand spiritual things. Are you guys with me? It's amazing how Christians worry. Now, if somebody is blind, why spend so many hours worrying about them? Because you want to help them come out of their blindness. But to fight them because of their attitude, they do what they do because they are blind. Jesus answered, if people love me, they will obey my... Did you just read it? If people love me, they will... And this is not new. You find the same thing in the Garden of Eden. When God made humankind, what did he say? Of everything in the garden, uh-huh. He says, eat everything. Except, except, why did he forbid them from one? You, when people don't understand the scriptures, you hear them say things like, eh, because God was doing gotcha. No. Let me illustrate it this way. Here is my wife. I love my wife very much. But how can I say that I love this woman deeply and he's the, she's the only one I love if there are no alternatives to challenge my commitment to her? Hmm? Suppose there were no other women in the world and I keep saying, Diana is my love. Oh, I love her. I love her. What good is that love? But because... You, and you, and you, and you, and you, all the women in the world, I can still see them and still go back to this woman. God is saying, anytime there is an object that challenges your obedience to me, that is how you prove that you love me. So the tree in the garden was an object of our commitment to God. He says, if you don't touch that tree, then you are telling me you actually love me. Jesus answered, if people love me, they will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. How is he going to do it? It's through the Holy Spirit. So he's telling you that the, the coming and the indwelling of the Spirit is contingent on the relationship which is fostered by obedience. It's not, a mod, it's not a modern message. I need you to listen to it over and over again. Anybody who is telling you obedience is not a good thing, he is not helping you. Amen. The next verse, I want you to look at it very carefully. All right? Because here Jesus is saying some things that are very, very powerful, and I want you to fully understand them. Verse 25. I have told you all these things... While I am with you. And verse 26. But the helper. So notice the context. He's still talking about the Holy Spirit. And he's reminding you that obedience ensures the relationship. And I know by now you are saying, but pastor, you know human beings can obey. I'll get to that place. Just cool down. Just begin to understand that your attraction of the Holy Spirit consistently in your life is based on your obedience. And please, listen very carefully to me. Everybody look at my face. Let me say this to you. How many of you would do number two in the middle of the street? Sometimes my illustrations are very weird, but it's to make sure you don't forget. How many of you would do number two? You know number two, right? 
If number one is P, at least you understand number two. How many of you, no matter how excruciating it is, you do number two in the middle of the street? It means every human being has the ability to decide when to obey and when not to obey. Even the body is pushing you. You do have the ability. So God, he, he said, don't go put this one on the Holy Ghost because I have given you a natural ability. Are you with me? But the helper will teach you everything and will cause you to remember all that I told you. This helper is the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name. And by this time, Jesus is having a conversation and the disciples, they still don't understand. So go to chapter 15 because now Jesus is going to push this thing. He paints a picture. Jesus now paints a picture. If you look at John chapter 15 verse 1, he says, my father is one. He says, I am divine. My father is what? Divine dresser. And then he says, every believer, every Christian is the branch. Question. How much work should a branch do to bear fruit? Say that again. None. But today you hear people, Father, we are praying that you help me to bear fruit. That is a wrong prayer. Because... Bearing fruit is not your work. Bearing fruit is the work of the husbandman, the gardener. All the branch needs to do is to make sure that it is connected. It is connected. It is connected to the vine. As long as the branch is connected to the vine, it will bear. Notice as we continue to read how Staying connected to him to obedience. Somebody's looking at my face like uh, I'm telling you a story. Let's pick up from John chapter 15. Look at verse 9. Please read with me because now I wanted to get into you. Ready? Read. I loved you as the Father loved me. Now remain in my love. Wow. Verse 10. I have obeyed my father's commands and I remain in his love. In the same way, pause. When somebody says in the same way, what is he trying to say? He has said something before and he says in that same way. So what did he say before? He says, I have obeyed my father's commands and I remain in in his love the relationship between me and the father was predicated on my obedience to the father in that same way he now he says in the same way if you obey my commands you will remain in my love in other words your relationship with me now remember if he lives in you he lives in you through the holy spirit so your relationship with the Holy Spirit, it's also predicated in the same way. It is on the basis of obedience. So let me say this. Obedience produces a deeper relationship with Jesus. Obedience. Do not let anybody tell you we are under grace. And obedience is works. So you don't need it. And for those who are making that argument, I'll blow the bubble later. Because you will notice that this obedience is the obedience to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Something told me. Whatever it is that told you, the Holy Spirit is at work. I said the Holy Spirit is what? It is amazing how these days people can look at their pastor's face and they are lying. I am not one of those. Sometimes I know when you guys are lying to me. I know. I just don't say a word to you because I don't want to be like Peter. Getting people buried. I have the work of reconciliation, so we'll keep working on that. Obedience produces a deeper relationship with Jesus. The same way Jesus enjoys the relationship with the Father. Are you understanding where we're going? So if the church of Jesus will make it, this is how. Look at the same John chapter 15. Let's all read verse 14 together, shall we? Please read with me. 
You are my friends if you do what I command you. Wow. You know how Christians today, in the name of grace and love, we love saying, God is my friend. You ever heard it? He calls me friend. Right? Do we sing it? But what kind of friend commands? Because he is reminding you that it's only a king who commands. So you are a friend of a king. And even though friendship exists, you still recognize that you are dealing not with your peer, but with a king. Let me make this statement. Please write it down. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth who will live inside you to guide you. But his guidance is contingent on the continual obedience to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth who will live inside you to guide you. But his guidance is contingent on your continual obedience to his promptings. The Holy Spirit prompts us every time. The Holy Spirit prompts us when? Every time. When you are making the wrong decisions, he will come alongside and remind you, you cannot go that way. You cannot do it like that. And I pray that you and I will be brought to that place where we know what the Holy Spirit is saying. Amen. The Holy Spirit's role is to make us spiritually mature. Secondly, his role is to glorify God through you. You don't glorify God on your own. You can't. You don't have what it takes to do it. So in simple terms, Jesus is saying the Christian life can only be lived through the Spirit. So you remember the words of Paul to the church in Galatians. What did he say to them? Oh, foolish Galatians. Why is he calling them foolish? He says, you began in the Spirit. Now you are trying to attain your goals through your natural flesh. And it's so easy. Most of you began your Christian work. You were full on fire. Now you have become so smart. You know a lot of scriptures. So when you sense that the Spirit is speaking, you are trying to find your way around it. Do you realize we live in an era and a time when people say, oh, don't, stop this Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit thing. You are doing it too much. Have you heard it before? Because they are showing you that you can do it yourself. If you can do it yourself, then you are not qualified to do it God's way. God says the only way you can make it is through the Spirit. Because the Spirit will tell you what to do. Amen. I know by now somebody will say, Pastor, but that whole thing looks cumbersome. No, it doesn't. It's very simple. Tell the person sitting next to you, it's simple. Okay. Raise your hand if you have never heard some inner voice, something that comes through your thoughts or your feelings, telling you to do or not to do something. If you have never had that, let me see your hand. See? I'm the only hand up. It's not to say I haven't. But I'm trying to show you that every single one of us, God has programmed you in such a way that there is something on the inside of you that would always speak and talk to you. Because later on when you read John chapter 16 from verse 7 to 11, he tells you that the Holy Spirit is also by unbelievers. He's not in them. But he's by them. He says he will convict them of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. He still has a ministry towards those who do not know him. That is the only way he can bring them to him. So sometimes you are going to a place to preach. And the Holy Spirit says, don't go. But because you know when you go, your name will be written on a poster. <laughs> that says, ah, me too, I have been called to preach. How many of you remember, if you go through the book of Acts, you will notice that the Bible says that when Paul had received the vision and they began to go before that, they felt the need to go to Britannia. The Spirit says, no, the Holy Spirit has the ability to tell you not to preach at certain places. Mm -hmm. 
They wanted to go to Magia. He said, no. But when the man of Macedonia appeared in the dream, they said, yeah. I remember a church asked me to come. I said, no, I don't think I can make it. The pastor knew me. So he said, hey, as for you, because of your kids, you don't travel. I said, no. When you told me, I asked you, I was going to pray. And I don't sense the need to come. If I have a PA, a personal assistant, who advises me, I'm sure they will come and say, Pastor, you have to go. That's the only way that people will know you. I remember when my kids were little, I intentionally said no to a lot of invitations. And there were other pastors who were telling me, this work we do, the only way your ministry will go far is when you are in places preaching. How do you know the place you are preaching, God sent you there? Because you didn't even pray. You want your name on the poster. The Holy Spirit is the one who will help you. If he sent you to the place, he will glorify God through you whilst you are there. I am going to say one last thing and we'll close. Our choice is to either walk in the Spirit or silence the Spirit. Our choice, we do have it, is to walk in the Spirit. The terminology walk in the Spirit means you're going to listen to what he has to add, say. And remember that the basis of him keeps speaking to you is when you obey. And please, the next word I'm going to add to the word obey is mine. It's not in the Bible. Prompt obedience. When he said something, you do it immediately. We are a generation of email and texting. We always want explanations. If you will walk with the Holy Spirit, you must promptly obey. Are you with me? Our choice is either we're going to walk in the Spirit or you will be silencing the Spirit. You don't need to silence the Holy Spirit because if you are not walking with Him, you are actually silencing Him. Somebody should give me a phone. I'm going to illustrate this to you. What do I have in my hands? Come on, talk to me. What do I have in my hands? It's a phone. The phone has the ability to ring. When it rings, you can hear it. Do you agree? But if, which she has, she's put it on a silence. It means when somebody rings, are we going to hear? Your choice is either to silence this phone or to allow it to ring. It does not mean that the phone is not ringing. The only reason you don't hear it is because you have silenced it. Many believers claim the Holy Spirit is not speaking to me. If Jesus said, I'm giving you a helper, why should the helper keep quiet? He has to speak. But we are not hearing him, even though he's speaking, because over time, we have silenced his voice. And it's called grieving him. Did you understand what we just said? So this phone may be ringing so many times. But because it's been silenced, we are not hearing it. Today I came here to declare this word. Last week as I was preaching at that Thanksgiving service, I declared a word that someone had gone for a job and... Um, were denied they should go back. The person called and actually said it was him. And he went back and he got the job. Today I'm about to declare another word. If you will learn to walk with the Holy Spirit, the thing you are calling people about, he will tell you how to do it. Stop calling people. Because as for people, they will tell you what they want to do. How many of you remember the day you were going to get married? Ladies, bail me out here. How all your friends came around and told you what kind of dress you could and could not wear. 
And if you went back and looked at their wedding videos, you noticed that they did not wear a dress that came that close. You know, you, you know come on, ladies, don't leave me by myself, huh? Because it's human nature. They will always tell you what they want. Today, I declare the word of the Lord to you. It's time to stop silencing the Holy Spirit. Let's walk in him. It's not rock science. It is obedience. He said something to you. You listen. You follow through. He will speak again. But the more he's speaking and you are silencing him by not obeying it, you are going to get to a place you say, but God doesn't speak. He's always speaking. The phone is always ringing. Because you you have silenced his voice in your life, you are not hearing him. Are you listening? I will end with these two phrases. Put yourself in obedience and see me do what I want to do in your life. There will come a time when obedience is difficult. And that is where you tell the Holy Spirit who is asking you that, Holy Spirit, if it's you asking me to do this, then give me the strength to be able to what? Do it. You don't argue. Sometimes you look at people's faces and the Holy Spirit is telling you, just forgive them and move on. But you want to show them that, me, you don't touch me, oh. If we're going to walk with him, me must die. And the Holy Spirit must rule. Are you with me today? We, we make it look, ah, Holy Spirit, it's so difficult. It is not. If you learn to listen and obey moment by moment, you will know. Can I help some couples? Don't talk about other ladies because there's only one you're married to. You understand? We men, we do it. You say, as for the women, the only woman I know is there. I don't know her. So I cannot use how my wife does her things to judge this one. Are you with me? Your wife does something you don't like, and the Holy Spirit is telling you, just let it go. You call your friends, he said, you got to show the girl that you are a man. You wear the pants. And all of a sudden, you want to show her you wear the... Unfortunately, in this country, we both wear pants. One has a zip to the left, the other to the right. Whichever one you wear is pants. But if you listen to the Spirit, you would notice that he's saying, don't. Don't go after it. There are many times I have been saved from a lot of things because the Spirit of God would speak to me, don't do it. And there are times there are things I would not want to do, but he would tell me, go ahead and do it. May God help us. I said, may God what? You cannot do without the Holy Spirit. If you do, you'll be very frustrated. I heard a preacher one time, he's a friend, asked me, bro, I am tired with these church members. How do you keep going without getting tired with yours? My question to him is, how is your walk with the Holy Spirit? Because if you are with him, he will show you how not to get tired with people. Because people are people. Today, I want to remind you as we study the book of Acts, never forget that it is the Holy Spirit that moved these apostles. And if the church today would do the things that God wants them to do, we must be moved by the Holy Spirit. If you leave the Holy Spirit out, you'll be very frustrated. Shall we stand together and pray? Grab the hand of the person standing next to you, and I want you to pray briefly before we get out of this building, asking that from today, from today, they will start cultivating a relationship, a moment-by-moment relationship with the Holy Spirit. Shall we pray together, everyone? A moment-by-moment relationship with the Holy Spirit. A moment by moment, 
Sometimes all you need is to listen carefully what he's saying. I challenge you today. Put yourself in obedience and see what the Spirit would do with you. Yes, Lord. I challenge you today, child of God, as you continue to pray, that you make it a priority to walk with the Holy Spirit. A priority. The first step is to listen to what he has to say. The more he speaks and the more you keep doing it, the better things will get for you. There are moments when I have felt like, man, I'm just sick and tired. And I can hear that still small voice come to me and say, no, you cannot be sick and tired. That is your mission field. You're supposed to pray for this one. You're supposed to teach this one until they get better. Speak to the Lord today. Speak. This is a matter of destiny. It's, it's the issue that really confronts the church today. The church is full of programs that God is not in it, that the Holy Spirit did not order. We have done things. We have saved things. We, we are building things that God is not in it. I wanted to talk to God and ask him, please help me. I want to walk with you. Talk to him. Talk to him. Sometimes you look at your child and you wish to go this way. <laughs> but God wants them to go another way. The Bible says the parents of Samson wanted him to marry from the Jewish people. But they did not know that God was stirring his heart to go marry somebody from the Philistine world. <laughs> As for God, I don't know. You can figure him out. Talk to God today and ask him, please help me. Let me walk with you. As we continue to set the book of Acts, you begin to see how he spoke through the apostles and how he spoke at certain occasions and how he did things. But I wanted to talk to God today and say, Lord, I want a walk, a clear walk, because the apostles made it. Today we are praying and asking God to bring fire. But how can you have fire without the Holy Spirit? Come on. How do we pray for revival when the Spirit of God is not respected in our lives. I wanted to talk to God because he's the only one who will bring those things. Jesus said it, you need him. And if you need him, you need him. If we would turn the world upside down, we need the Holy Ghost. Jesus says, never attempt my work without my spirit. You got to wait for him. He has to come. Here I am waiting. Abide in me, I pray. Here I am longing for you. Hide me in your love, bring me to my knees. May I know Jesus, may I know Jesus more and more. Come breathe in me on my life. Take over. Take over. Oh, I'm breathing and I will rise. I will rise on the Holy Spirit, we ask you to brood fresh on us again. Help us never ever 
to attempt doing your work without you. You are the one who told Philip, go near that card and, and speak to that man. You're the one who filled Stephen when he stood and gave a witness even though he knew he was going to die. You're the one who got into Paul who used to be Saul and say, once I used to be the persecutor of God's people, but today I am one of them. Once I was blind, but now I see. Once I was a womanizer, but now I am a man married to one woman. Once I was an individual who did not want to walk, but when the power of the Holy Spirit came, people referred to him, these are they who have turned the world upside down. It only happened because there was a total and continuous dependence on the Holy Spirit. I pray and I challenge every one of you. Let's go back to that truth. Let's stand together. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Almighty God himself cover and protect you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the King of glory lift the light of his countenance upon you and grant you his peace. May he cause his favor to rest upon you that the moments that are following you will consistently walk with the Holy Spirit. May he strengthen you to obey what he says to you every moment. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Thank you for joining us on this spiritual encounter. Need more help? Text RADIO to 301-696-8555 or visit us on the web at covenantfamilychapel.org. You may also visit us at one of our in-person services on Sundays at 10 a.m. and discover the difference that the kingdom of God makes. Like up on social media, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Covenant One Family.